you know, thinking differently is about how do you manage the ambiguity and complexity of the environment? Because you can no longer rely on being the expert as a leader. It's not because of what you've necessarily done, the specific um, depth of knowledge you bring or the exact experiences you've you've got. It's how do you apply those to be able to adapt in an environment where you really don't have the answer and do that quickly and without all the information. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Before we start, you may notice that this podcast came to you only a week after the last one. And that's because uh, in doing the Inspire podcast, I've really uh, enjoyed it so much that I recorded too many conversations. I know I had initially uh, committed to bi-weekly, but uh, my intention is now to step that up to weekly until the end of our first season, which will come in the spring of, uh, of next uh, year. And so until then, you can expect a, an episode weekly. I hope you enjoy that. And I hope you enjoy my discussion today with uh, our guest, Kathy Woods. You know, Kathy is a partner at uh, Deloitte, and she leads the National Talent Service Line. She's got 25 years of experience in talent, leadership, and organizational development. And I had Kathy on because, you know, she really sees broad trends in how leadership is evolving, uh, how the world of work is evolving, and what that means for how leaders must start communicating. She shares uh, personally with us about her journey and how that evolution has um, shaped her approach uh, and some really concrete things on what leaders must do to communicate in this day and age. And now, my conversation with Kathy Woods. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bart. Uh, unpack your title for us. What exactly do you do at Deloitte? That's a really good question. You know, <laughs> I, I still have been trying to tell my mom what it is I do at work, but let, let me give it a crack and see if this works. Um, essentially, I am responsible for all of our client work in Canada that relates to leadership development, learning, succession planning, performance management, all of the stuff that we do in organizations that ensures you've got the right people with the right skills and capabilities where you need them, when you need them. Um, I'd say, in, you know, in the corporate world, we probably think of it as talent management, but to, to boil it down, it's, it's people and their capabilities when and where you need them and all of the things you need in the organization to make sure um, that you can, you can manage and develop those people. And I know we, we talked about this, that, you know, the world is changing so rapidly. I mean, we hear this this term, the future of work. And one of the neat things I know about the work that you and your practice does is you're out there talking with, with leaders from a wide variety of industries, you know, uh, in different stages of change. So what are you seeing in, in recent years in terms of how leadership is evolving? Yeah. So it's interesting because we talk about the future of work. We talk about all the things that are changing, the fact that we're 
we're going to have more and more employees who are multi-generational. We've got, you know, everybody talks about millennials and what millennials want. I think about the generation coming after them. I even think about my daughter's generation. I and then gen. I combine <laughs> it with, I gen, exactly. Um, and then I combine it with, you know, the baby boomers who are contributing hugely and bring an incredible wealth of, of knowledge and capability that we absolutely don't want to use. So there's that whole demographics piece. There's the piece about how do we have employees who are essentially robots or artificial intelligence agents or technology? How do we have people who are working on the other side of the world or not even necessarily employees, but contractors? And you hear a lot of conversation about that as that being the future. Frankly, it's pretty close to being now. And, and so I think what I see happening is leaders and organizations really grappling with, wow, what does this actually mean for me right now? How do I need to adapt right now? And, and how does my organization need to think about this differently, both for the leaders and the people being led? Um, uh, and that's leading to a, a bunch of different things. And that is an area that we've done some mm. research on here. And so what's your research telling you about this? And let, I want to hone in on you said what organizations are looking for from leaders and how people want to be led. What are you seeing the changes as in that space? So I think the first thing is organizations are adapting rapidly. So the concept of a hierarchical structure that is static is completely out the window. And we're seeing more and more organizations that are adaptable and that are shifting where your ability to work in teams is important and where, um, you know, one day I might be your leader and the next day you're my leader or colleague or peer. So we're seeing that as you think about leading in that environment, you really need to think about three things that are quite different. You need to think about how do you think differently? How do you act differently? And how do you react differently? Um, and that applies to yourself as a leader. And frankly, I think it applies to all of us as we operate in these environments. However, the onus becomes greater in, in the leadership position. Um, you know, thinking differently is about how do you manage the ambiguity and complexity of the environment? Because you can no longer rely on being the expert as a leader. It's not because of what you've necessarily done, the specific um, depth of knowledge you bring or the exact experiences you've you've got it's how do you apply those to be able to adapt in an environment where you really don't have the answer and do that quickly and without all the information the acting part i think is really important and gets down to some of the, the communication topics that i know you're passionate about bart that's about how do you build relationships with people differently and the fact that the relational aspect of leadership becomes more important how you how you commute how you communicate how you influence how you collaborate, and that collaboration can be across any boundaries. And then the react part, I think, gets to some of this authenticity that we were talking about earlier. Because we're no longer the expert as a leader, we seldom have the answer. We need to take risks. We need to be comfortable with failure. Um, and we need to be confident to learn in those environments. And I think that's about really where it's so important to understand who you are authentically and to be willing to be vulnerable about that and to be open. Um, so that drives a completely different level of, of, of empathy and um, interpersonal capability there too. Well, I love the way you, you've broken it down by think, 
act and react differently. I mean, I'd love to delve into a few of these these uh, points you've made, in particularly in this, you know, act and react. And I actually want to start with the react because we've been talking about this this buzzword of authenticity, which which is such a you know a focal point now, both for leaders and for people who want to be led. That they say we crave authenticity. So tell me a bit more about what that means. So I think there are a couple of angles to it. Um, one is that people, you know, you talk about animals who can sense fear in people. Well, we as people can sense other people's authenticity or not. You just know when somebody is being really authentic. And so I think learning as a leader that it's okay to just be you and to share some of the challenges that you've got, to share some of the experiences you have. Um, I think that really makes a difference. So maybe you can give me a story about authenticity, Kathy. This is somebody I had reporting to me and she was getting the feedback that she, you know, maybe super high potential, but maybe not ready to operate with executives at our clients. And she said to me, Kathy, what's that all about? And, you know, I said, look, you've got incredible, you do have incredible capability. You know what you're doing. I actually have no qualms about you operating at executive level. But let me tell you what's really happening is that sometimes, unfortunately, when you walk into a room, you're, you, the way you're, the way you show up and the way you're packaged just doesn't have that executive presence. You know, frankly, it's like you need to have your power suit on. And I said, look, but before I went there, I told her this story about how when I was at about her age, I was struggling with how I could have more impact. And I was working with a coach and the coach said to me, well, Kathy, look, you walk into your office, your office is a mess. There's piles of paper everywhere. And I said, yeah, but I know where everything is. It doesn't change how effective I am. And she said, it doesn't matter. It's what people perceive and it's how people are going to interact with you. And, and that's, that first impression makes a difference. And there were a couple of other things and I reacted to her and I said, wait a minute, like, uh, I don't want to change who I am. And then she said, well, just think about it. And what I realized was, you know, whether my desk was clean or not really didn't change who I was. I, it's not like I cleaning up my desk was going to counter my values or, you know, changing the way I dressed was going to be unauthentic, inauthentic. Um, so I told my colleague this story and her reaction to me afterwards was, thank you so much for the feedback. And what really helps the most is that you are so willing to share not only your stories, but also kind of what you were feeling and how you were going through it. One of the things we've coached people on from a present standpoint is avoiding minimization, right? Where someone will go into a, let's say a meeting to make a recommendation. They'll say, well, this is just my opinion. You know, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of mistakes in this. We were working till the middle of the night. I'm not sure, (laughs) you know, how, how confident I am. And then, but here's what we should do, right? And it, kind of totally undercutting it. Is that vulnerability or is that something different? Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that's entirely different from vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with you. You want to avoid that minimization. You want to avoid even self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. That's not, I mean, occasionally those things are fine, but um, that's not what vulnerability is. Vulnerability is being willing to say, um, you know what? You're, you're right. Actually, that's a, I like that idea. It's very different from what, what I had thought. Let's move forward with that. Or, you know what? I did that wrong. I think in hindsight, let's change it. Um, 
And, and so to me, it's, it's being able to share openly and honestly and being able to say, hey, we tried this. What didn't work about it? What can we learn about it? What would I do differently? I mean, one of the things I love is when I work with leaders and, and one of the first things they say is, here's what I personally learned from the situation. So it's about personalizing it more than it is about apologizing. Mm, I like that. That's a, that's a good, making it human. It's really bringing the humanity Correct. and your own humanity into it. Correct. And I'm here. And the other thing I'm hearing you reference a lot of stories. You know, when you're, this goes to your act part, I imagine, act differently around building rapport and relationships. I, I'm hearing about storytelling. Can Is that an important skill for leaders today to develop? It's a really important skill to develop. And I think, I think it's something that we've known all along. My sense is it's even more important to develop now because if you think about the way people communicate in sound bites, the way they communicate... Um, with social media, a lot of that is, what is that? A lot of that is stories. In fact, that's even what it's called, right? You go on Instagram and right. little things across Insta- the top tell you the story. Exactly. So if you want to get through to people, you have to be able to tell them stories and you have to be able to tell them stories that are, you know, meaningful to them and, and frankly, pretty quick and to the point. So I like that as a connection with the vulnerability and the making it personal piece, because the easiest stories to tell are the stories that you've been a part of. Um, And they're the ones that are most real and they're the ones that you can roll off your tongue. And and is this a, I mean, you've been in the leadership development business for some time. Is this new or is this just coming more into focus now? Hmm. it's not new. And I think there's been a focus on it for a long time. And, you know, you go back to why is storytelling most important? And you look at the earliest days of how we communicated as humans and how history was passed on and how lessons were passed on. They were all passed on through stories and legends. So I, I mean, I think it's just ingrained in who we are. The reason I think it's becoming even more important or perhaps perhaps there's more of a light being shone on it right now is that go back to social media and go back to the fact that so much is done virtually and so much happens when we don't see necessarily see the other person that I I still believe we are craving as humans personal contact. And so stories help things feel more personal. They help things be more real. Um, and I think the other part about it that that's important is the more we can actually then have the opportunity to communicate with people in person and face to face, the better. Let's maybe um, we could delve so into I, that I, a bit because you know we're we're in this room. I mean, you and I are recording this podcast virtually. We have video conference. We have Slack. We have email, and, and we have remote work. And in some ways, it seems like we're headed for this world where the only interaction that takes place is through a computer screen. But then you go out, you know, uh, to, to take a flight and the airports are full, the restaurants are packed. Which future are we headed to in the world of work? Is it is it the virtual one or the in-person one? Huh. I, I mean, it's both, I think, right? Hmm. It's the genius of the end in this one. Right. <laughs> you know, when I came to Deloitte, I moved into our office of the future, which was brand new. And the, the, the premise is that nobody has an assigned workspace of any type. 
It's very configurable. It's designed to create collisions of people where, you know, you you have opportunities to work collaboratively you can pick a quiet space, all of that sort of stuff. And one of the things that we did when designing this was assume that people would want to work from home. They wouldn't necessarily want to come in all the time. And one of the things we found out fairly quickly is we were actually running out of office space. Because hmm. notwithstanding the fact that people love to have the flexibility and the adaptability and be able to work when and where they want to work, they still like to be around their colleagues. And, you know, we have a very... Um, we have a workforce that cuts across generations with lots of younger folks, lots of millennials. And what we're finding is people still want to be here and be in the office. They want the flexibility of it. They want to be able to do a video conference or a Skype when they can. But that face-to-face contact is still crucial. And when you look at all the psychology behind what social media is doing and the lack of some of the, that interpersonal connection that's just reinforcing it even more you know the human element is what we're after it is business is about relationships work is about relationships and people and there is just something so fundamentally powerful about being present and i also think to your point around social media social media pulls us away from being present and so we crave it even more you know people who leaders really who can take us in the moment to be present and so let me just ask you then about leaders who are leading in this world where you're you're pulled away from each other and where you want to be brought together. What advice do you and does Deloitte give to leaders about creating these moments where you are present with people? So one of the pieces of advice we would say is to do exactly what you just said. And I don't mean to be you know, simplistic on this, mm-hmm. but it is to actually deliberately create those moments. Hmm. the and part of it is those moments don't necessarily have to be face-to-face notwithstanding the, the point that I made that those are great you can still as long as you are deliberate and you say I'm going to take the time to schedule something with you where we are simply going to talk where we are simply going to take the time we're going to cover what you need and to be present that goes a long way and those moments can happen in almost any, you know, through almost any medium. Um, So I think that's one is being very deliberate about creating those moments and making sure they happen. Um, The second one, though, which is going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, is to recognize the moments that matter when they come up unexpectedly. So when are those moments when somebody needs something right now? When is the opportunity to give somebody feedback in the moment, um, good, bad, or otherwise, and to be willing to pause and take the time to do it right then and there? Also recognizing that they don't, these moments don't have to be hour-long moments. They can truly be just that, a moment. But it's being, the more you personally as a leader can be present to whatever's going on around you, the more you can then be present to creating the moments deliberately and responding to them authentically when they occur. And so then that goes back to kind of let's come full circle. It's really being comfortable and clear on who you are as a leader, what is important to you, and being willing to open up and share that with others and to to just live that. And it takes courage. 
Well, and maybe that's a, a good way for us to kind of, as you say, come full circle. And I want to ask you, when you went through that process, as you were getting ready to come to Deloitte, and now that you've been at Deloitte, what do you stand for as a leader? What is your purpose? <laughs> that's a really good question. Because I would say my purpose is constantly evolving. Um, and And right now, on a personal front, it is to show up and to be authentic and to be real and in the moment and to be present and to make an impact through doing that. And frankly, in some ways to do it person by person. I think my broader purpose is really thinking about as we live in this world that can sometimes be exciting and sometimes be scary because things are happening so quickly. Um, people feel like they don't have time. Um, they're getting disconnected. I think my purpose is to figure out how can we keep the real part real at work? How can we create an environment where people understand what is truly important to them and where can, they can live that? And, you know, unless we, unless we live in Grey's Anatomy every day or <laughs> I'm a firefighter or whatever, for many of us, nobody's going to die because of what we do. So how can we put that in perspective and allow ourselves to um, really live out the purpose in the world of work that we each individually have? I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, Bart. Hmm. Um, but well, it's it sounds, something that it I've been thinking like, about lately. It sounds like if, uh, if only you worked for a company where you could help leaders live their purpose in this new evolving world of work. If only. <laughs> no, it sounds like you found, you found a perfect I'm match. You know? Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a, great, a great way to wrap up here. And you know, anyone listening who may be in a job where they're you know, just doing the job, to take that step back that you took and to really think about not what my life purpose is, but what is my purpose today? You know, and, and what do I want to be doing? And then it could be within the company you're in now. It could be within the job you're in now. Or it could be somewhere else. But clearly listening to you talk, I hear the passion in your, in your words and your voice that you're energized by this challenge. And I think that's, that's what you want. You know, it's never, as you said, you know, unless you're fighting fires uh, or you're, uh, you're a doctor, you may not be dealing with life and death. But that's why it's so important to find that purpose. And that's what, you know, in this fluid world of work is going to enable you to think, act, and react differently in a way that will uh, will encourage those to follow you, those around you to follow you. So, no, Kathy, this has been this has been a huge amount of fun for me. I love hearing about your, your mindset around this world, this uh, uncertain world we live in, but also a really exciting one. And uh, thanks for sharing a window into what Deloitte and you do to help leaders build these capabilities and shift their mindset to lead in this in this world. It was my pleasure, Bart. Mine too. And so if people want to get in touch with you or they want to know more uh, about Deloitte or access resources, where should they go? Well, they can absolutely reach out to me. My email is kawoods. So the first two letters of my name, my first name, and then my last name, kawoods at deloitte.ca. I'd be happy to chat further. Um, we also have lots of information on our website, deloitte.ca. 
I think there's a great resource out there right now, which is our 2018 Human Capital Trends, which talks a lot about the social enterprise and some of these leadership issues. So that would be uh, might be of interest to some of your listeners. And um, we would be more than happy to just chat about some ideas, be a sounding board. Well, I think you guys are great. We are um, not only a client of yours, but uh, we also work with your team on the leadership development front. I can tell you you've got some of the brightest minds in the country at Deloitte. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to come on and, and chat about leadership in this exciting world. Excellent. Thanks, Bart. Have a good day. You too. I hope you enjoyed my discussion today with Kathy Woods about the evolving world of work and what kind of leadership communication skills are going to be fundamentally important for those who must lead within it. I'll be back next week. Yes, next week. We're going weekly with an interview with Jeff Lister. Jeff is a partner at the global law firm Faskin, and uh, I have deep respect for him. He's uh, provided me with great counsel over the years and as Uh, really talks about how to build a great partnership through communication with a client. Make sure you're subscribed and you'll get that episode as soon as it drops. Take care and may all your conversations be inspiring.